Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A bad habit can cost you opportunities and hunts while you can't seem to figure out what you're doing wrong. But when you fix a bad habit, you can become more successful without seeming to do anything different. On this episode, I'm going to talk about three bad habits for predator hunting. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanitas, and today we are going to talk about three top bad habits for predator hunting and what you can do to improve your odds of success in the woods. But before we jump into that, I know statistically, this is probably not the first episode of this podcast you've listened to. So if that's the case, why don't you go ahead and hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and head to iTunes and leave a five-star review with a comment. Not because I need the reinforcement, but to tell iTunes to help show this podcast to more people would super appreciate it. Now, when it comes to bad habits for predator hunting, I believe that one of the biggest things that hinders people's success is just having multiple bad habits. They're trying to do the core principles right. They're trying to, to do things the right way. But a couple bad habits can just completely kill your odds of success in the woods. You can do all the right things, but if you have a few bad habits, you can have very little chance of, of having any regular success. And this is true for many different kinds of hunting. But I feel like for predator hunting, it just matters more. You know, you can get away with some bad habits in deer hunting. There's opportunities. Deer are much more forgiving creatures, in my opinion, much of the time. You can have some bad habits in turkey hunting. You can have some bad habits in duck hunting. And you can still have a reasonable level of success. When it comes to predator hunting, though, these animals are very wary. Okay, they, they live 
to stalk and hunt down and find and overtake and eat other animals. They have to be smart. They have to be sharp. They have to have good senses. Um, you know, most of the other kinds of game you're going to hunt, these are animals that eat plants or bugs or, or things that are just not very intelligent. But you've got predators going after animals that are smart and they've got to be smarter. So you cannot get away with very many bad habits in predator hunting. Um, you know, and a lot of times a bad habit is the lowest hole in the bucket. What do I mean by that? Well, you, you take the bottom of a bucket. If you drill a hole through the bottom of a bucket, it doesn't matter how much water you pour into that bucket. It's not going to hold water. It's just going to go straight through the bottom. You plug the hole in the bottom of the bucket. That water level is going to rise up the side of that bucket till it finds the next lowest hole. And then that's as high as the water is going to be able to go because then it'll just pour out through that hole. Well, you plug that hole, now the water level can rise higher until it finds another hole. So anytime you plug the lowest hole in the bucket, you are upping your level, your game, your, your odds of success across the board. And if you got holes real low in the bottom of the bucket, you know, it's going to be really hard to have any success. But sometimes you fix just a couple things and your level can come up significantly till you know the next area of weakness or or lack of experience or skill or the next bad habit or whatever it might be so i even have a little bit more than three habits here but we're going to jump right into it number one bad predator hunting habit that is hunting uh, the spot or hunting a good spot instead of hunting the wind and this can happen to anybody all right doesn't matter how experienced you are you've got a good spot Maybe that spot has produced for you in the past. You've taken multiple predators out of it. Or it just, by all your research and scouting, ought to be perfect. And you just keep going to that spot, and you just keep hunting that good spot. Well, what will happen psychologically, without you even thinking about it, realizing it, making an attempt, you will begin to become spot-dependent. And when it comes to hunting predators specifically coyotes and foxes and even bears but i'm talking mostly about coyotes here and foxes their sense of smell is their single most developed and trusted sense and if you begin to hunt a spot instead of the wind even though it's a good spot bad wind will make a good spot useless so you can have your favorite honey hole. You say, hey, yeah, we're just going to go out predator hunting. We're going to go there. We always shoot a coyote there. Well, you can just become too lax. You don't think about the wind. You don't check the wind. And then you get there and you don't even, you don't even pay attention to the direction the wind's blowing. You don't have any success or you've scouted this place out. Everything looks perfect. It's the perfect spot. But man, you just can't seem to have, get, any, get any creatures to come on into you. Well, if you begin to hunt spots instead of wind, that's what's going to happen. And you won't know why it's not working. Everything should seem like it's working. It, maybe it worked last time. Maybe it worked the last 10 times. Rather, you just didn't think about it or you became lax about it. You're not hunting the wind. And when it comes to coyotes, you've got to hunt the wind. They can smell even the slightest whiff of your breath from hundreds of yards away if the wind is in their favor. 
you know, deer have a, a really good nose, but coyotes have a much better nose. They're, they, in fact, I did an episode on coyote superpower and things that they're able to do with their nose that is almost mind-boggling. You can go back and listen to that, but you cannot get past the wind. So you don't want to hunt a good spot instead of the wind. Number two, staying in a good spot too long. It's a bad habit. Staying in a good spot. Maybe it's produced in the past. Maybe you scouted. Maybe it's perfect. Maybe everything's right. Maybe even the wind is right. But if nothing's happening, it can be very easy to stay in a good spot too long. And people tend to go in and they set up all kind of stuff and they set up a blind and they'll set up camo netting and and, and I'm talking about for night hunts primarily. In the day, that kind of stuff can be really helpful. At night, not so much. And what most frequently happens is you have a good spot, but there are no coyotes there today. There are no foxes there right now. Maybe they were there a couple hours ago. Maybe they'll be there a couple hours from now. Maybe, maybe someone else was just there hunting an hour before you were and spooked them all out or shot them all, took them all home. Whatever the case may be, it's very possible that there's nothing there, even though it's a good spot, even though it's been a good spot before, even though you've scouted well. And, and so you, you, you get all set up, you get all hunkered down, you got your favorite coyote hunting chair, you got your favorite red light. You're all set up, ready to hunt and do it. And you sit there for a half hour, an hour. No action. Nothing's happening. You can be tempted to just say, well, you know what? This is the best spot I know. I'm just going to stay here. And that is a bad habit. It's a bad habit. Because if you don't have action in the first 30 minutes, 45 to an hour max chances of you having any action that night and for that sit are going to are going to be very small now sure there's always the chance that you know those predators are on the move eventually they will come into earshot of your great spot they'll be able to hear your calling and they'll come in but it's a small chance guys it really is your odds are higher if you just cut your losses, if you leave that good spot and you go to another spot, then you try there. And if after 30, 45 minutes, you don't hear anything, there's no response, you leave that spot and you go to another one. Your odds are higher. If you've got five hours to hunt, your odds are higher hunting five spots than they are hunting one spot for five hours. Okay, it's just the nature of the game. The more sets you have, the higher your odds because you're trying to get to a place where they're at and where they can hear you. And often if you're hunting at night, you don't have all night because you got to go to sleep because you got to go to work because you got to wake up and do something else. So, you know, you usually only have a half, you know, four or five hour hunt. You know, rarely do you have a lot more than that at a night unless you're just taking the whole night to go hunting, which you know, I don't know, maybe you need less sleep than me, but I'm not doing that anymore. So you do not want to stay too long at a good spot. Just because nothing came in doesn't mean it's a bad spot. It just means there may not be anything close by or anything that's willing to answer you and, and move in on your calling. 
So you're better off leaving that spot, going somewhere else. I don't go out coyote hunting unless I've got a handful of spots on standby. Right? I've got my best spot. I've got my best pick, which I think is going to have the highest chance for results with the right wind and the right everything. And But I don't go out unless I've got a handful more because most of the time that first spot's not going to produce. And the more good spots you have to go to, the higher your chances are. So don't stay at a good spot for too long. If there's nothing there, you can spend the whole night there and get nothing. Whereas if you're to try a few different areas, you might strike one up. You might bring a few in you know, within the first 10 minutes. And it's, it's most of the time, it's just because they're close enough to hear. And where you were hunting initially, they weren't close enough to hear, assuming you got the wind right and everything else. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number three is thinking that predators see like you see. I said thinking that predators see like you see. Okay, they do not. They they do not see exactly the way that you see. Uh, More importantly, though, than the biological differences of their eyeballs and optic nerves and brain processing capabilities and what colors they can see, More important than any of that is they see differently from context. You see things through the lens of I'm sitting behind a red flashlight with a varmint rifle and I'm hoping something comes in so I can take a shot at it. They're seeing things through the lens of they're hungry and they hear something. And they're looking for food or they're looking for a mate or they're looking for other coyotes. And they hear a noise and they're trying to confirm what they hear with their eyes because too many of their buddies have ended up dead by not doing it right. And they are looking at things through the context of every step I take, my safety's at stake, but also my survival's at stake in terms of I need to get food to survive so they're motivated by you know an urge to eat or an urge to mate or an urge to socialize those are the three main kind of calls that you're throwing out there most often though it's going to be food is what is what is going to bring them in but there's certainly lots of other scenarios and types of calls and in ways that you might pull it off but from the beginner standpoint usually food is what you're going to have success with and They're trying to see what they hear and confirm that what they hear is really what it sounds like so that they don't end up on the other side of a of a two, two, three round. Okay, they're coming in fearful. They're coming in anxious. They're coming in uh, paranoid, whatever. You know, these are all human terms and feelings. But, you know, whatever, however you can apply that. They're coming in wary, all right? You are, you are not seeing things through their eyes. 
they're looking for anything they can see that's going to that's going to be a cue that says this isn't right, this isn't legit, this is fake, this is another hunter, whatever the case might be. They are looking for things to say, oh, something's wrong here, I'm out of here. You don't see through that lens. You don't see it like that. You see it from the eyes of a hunter, from the eyes of a sportsman, from the eyes of somebody that's just out in the woods doing something fun or cool. It's very different. You're not looking for the same level of detail that they are. You're not looking through the lens of your survival's at stake if you make a mistake. All right, you're just seeing things differently than predators see things. So what will happen then is you will make sloppy mistakes. You'll just be sloppy. You'll be too loud. You'll move around too much. You, you won't be as quick as you need to be with the flashlight. Um, you know, the biggest thing here also with coyote vision now talking about the physical seeing is that, you know, people think, oh, they don't see orange. They see orange or red lights. They, it doesn't look the same to them as a white light. They still see something. And vision, not just for coyotes, but for basically all creatures that have similar kind of eyeballs to them and us. When you're shining a flashlight in somebody's face, in someone's eyes, red, green, yellow, doesn't matter. When you're shining a light in their eyes at night, their vision stops at the point of the light. Okay, if you're holding the light out in front of you, pointing it at them, they can't see past the light. You are invisible if you are behind the light and the light is in their eyes. If the light is not in their eyes, you are not invisible. Okay, and that's the thing you need to keep. You need to scan with that light and you need to get that light on a coyote, on a fox, on a predator, on a bobcat. As soon as that thing comes into field of view, you've got to get that light on its eyes. If not, you are easily seen. You are you, you are easily made out. But if you can get the light on their eyes, you become invisible as long as the light's on their eyes. Because vision stops at the point of the light. Go outside with a couple buddies and try it. You know, just at night. Go 50 yards, 100 yards apart with your coyote light. Put whatever color bulb on you want. Shine it in their eyes. Their vision stops at the point of the light. So you gotta keep, you gotta stay behind the light. Everyone in the hunting party has to be behind the plane of view of the flashlight. Um, now, because of that, the hide, what you're wearing, all those things does not matter that much. You don't need to go to you know the same level of concealment or camo that you would hunting these things during the day. Okay, You need to be hidden during the day. But at night, you need to be behind the flashlight as long as you can get that flashlight on the target as soon as it comes into view. And if you're not thinking like that, you're going to be sloppy. You're going to be slow. You're going to sit there and daydream. You're like, how could you daydream? You're hunting. Oh, yeah, you're sharp and on point and quick and alert for the first 10 minutes or the first two spots. But eventually, everybody reaches a point where they're starting to get tired. They're starting to get wore out. They're starting to get bored. They've got less and less faith something is going to happen. And you just you start zoning. You start thinking about other things. You start getting sloppy. 
it's just human nature and you know it's just one mistake and they've spotted you you weren't on them quick enough whatever the case might be or you just set up sloppy the guy with the flashlights 10 feet behind the guy with the rifle and you're silhouetting the guy with the rifle with the flashlight so that the coyote can see him more clear than anything you know you just can get sloppy so you really need to be careful that you try to see things the way they see them both physically and in terms of context bonus one number four you do not have enough respect for the game bad habit not respecting the game well enough now i don't just mean from a a point of like just general hunting i have respect for the animals i mean you're not respecting the skills and the capabilities of that animal you're in its environment and you need to be aware you know how quick are they how well can they see at night or during the day how well do they smell how well can they hear often guys will tramp in make all kinds of noise and ruckus and talk and cutting up and doing whatever and then what do they do they immediately start using calls to try to call in the animals well, they're trying to appeal to the coyote's ears. Well, you just made all this ruckus so if anything could hear you, it is gone. It is on alert. It is out of here. And then you start calling to them. Now, people think, oh, well, you know, you can hear the call a lot further off than you can hear us talking and laughing and telling jokes and falling over stuff and whatever. Well, you know, you can maybe... But a bunch of guys walking through the woods or a field at night making all kind of ruckus, they can hear that from a lot further than you think they can. And unless they're just slightly out of range of that, but still within range of a super loud call, you're just killing your chances of success. You just don't have enough respect for the senses of the game. And it's a bad habit. And you know, you watch enough TV shows, you watch enough YouTube videos, Guys seem to get away with stuff. You're like, oh, okay, well, that's easy. I, you know, I don't need to care so much. I don't need to be so cautious. No. What they're not showing you so much of the time is they're making all this ruckus and cutting up, and then they sat for an hour and a half with nothing happening. Or they did that at one spot, and then they're showing you the hunt from another spot because nothing happened there. Or all that cutting up and ruckus happened after the hunt, and they're on their way out the guy in the back's carrying the coyotes and they're shooting b-roll or they forgot to shoot the setup so they're shooting the setup after the hunt's over pretending like you know and they don't care they're being sloppy because the hunt's done they don't need to think about it there's all kinds of things that play into that don't believe hunting videos and things that you see on tv it's not all the way that it appears and in any event these animals need to be respected what they're capable of how sharp their senses are are impressive ours pale in comparison in various ways pale in comparison so if you want to go out hunting predators you gotta be uh someone i know has talked about you know you want to hunt them as if they have guns hunt the animals as if the animals have rifles means you need to be sneakier you need to be quieter you need to be more concealed 
You need to be smarter. You need to have better strategy. You need to catch them off guard. Because the idea being, if not, and they, if they get a, a beat on you first, then you're in trouble. You know, we don't think like that. But with predators in particular, you're trying to be a predator, hunting a predator. Okay, you're not a natural predator. Maybe some would debate that, but I would go ahead and say we have to develop ourselves to be predators. I mean, you grab any kid out of high school who's never hunted before, he is not a predator. Send him into the woods. It's going to go bad. He's going to spook off everything. It's just, we're just not, we don't come with that skill set default. They do. And while we may practice it, hunting a few days a year, they're practicing it every single day of their lives. You gotta have respect for the animal to realize they're sneaky, they're discerning, they're sharp, they're wary, they can hear further than you think they can, they can see better than you think they can, they can smell better than you can even understand as possible. And when you fix that bad habit in particular, all of these make a difference. But when you fix that bad habit, things are going to change in terms of your ability to to have success and to call in coyotes and, and foxes and bobcats and whatever the case may be. Every one of these bad habits makes a difference. Makes a difference. If you can fix these your odds of success are going to increase significantly. Now, here's the thing, guys. You know, you might know some people that are really good at predator hunting. Maybe you're really good at it, but maybe you know some people that are really good at it. They seem to have a lot more success than you do, or, you know, they seem to have a lot more success than other people. And you look at them. You could even go hunting with them. And you could notice very little that they're doing different that's apparent, okay? They seem to be doing very little that's different from someone who's not having any success. But what they are doing and what they're not doing, which are not obvious, is is they're not making mistakes. They're not ha- uh, following through on bad habits. They've fixed those things. So they go like, oh yeah, they walk in, set up in a field, start calling, shine the light. Well, that's the same thing I do and it never works for me. Yeah, but where's the wind? Did you scout? Is that a good spot? Are there creatures around? Did you come in and make too much noise when you were setting up? You know, they set up, it just looks like, okay, they just sat down, set up, waited 10 minutes, started calling. You did the same thing? Yeah, but your guy with the rifle's in front of the guy that has the flashlight. I know that seems like it makes sense, right? The rifle should be in front. And of course, you don't want a rifle behind a person. But in terms of the plane of view, that rifle needs to not be in front of the flashlight. And all you need to do is set up in reverse and you've blown it. You have blown it. So you didn't notice that they did anything because you weren't discerning of the differences and the nuance of what they did do, what they didn't do, and what they did differently. And the further I go in hunting, the more I come to understand that people who really know what they're doing 
often don't look like they're doing things very differently from people that are brand new or novices or have very little experience. You know, you take the new person, you give them the basic principles, you send them out and they have success, whatever. I don't know, making up numbers 10% of the time. You take the master, they go out and do more or less seemingly the same thing. They've got success 50% of the time. You know, I'm just making up numbers just to illustrate the point. Well, it doesn't seem like they're doing a whole lot different. That's right. It doesn't seem like they are, but they're walking differently. Where they sit, where they set up, how they sit up, in what order, who's where. Why there? Why that spot? Why not another spot? Why facing that way? Why not facing another way? They're scanning the horizon with their light. Okay, but where's the light going? How, how focused is it? Uh, how intense is the beam? Or is it how broad is it? You know, it doesn't seem to the novice's eye that there's a whole lot difference, but they're getting very different results. Well, the reason is so much of these things, it's learned subtlety. And this is one of the reasons I started the New Hunter's Guide podcast was because there's so many little things that no one ever talks about. They just learn and they do and they do it subconsciously. Don't even realize they're doing it. And then they go to try to teach somebody else how to hunt and be a good hunter and they don't even have a thought in their mind what half of the things that they're doing that make them successful are and they give somebody else you know three steps and and to go out and do and doesn't seem to work the same way for them and they're like huh well maybe they're just no good at it well no there's just a lot more to it there's a lot more and it's about noticing recognizing and breaking down those things so that they can be understood so they can be learned and practiced that's what's going to get you moving forward and spending time in the woods is the number one thing that can help you hone those skills. Awareness of them is what sets you on the path to attempt to improve. Okay, if you don't even know what you're trying to do, you can spend a lot of time in the woods and not get very far. But if you have an idea, if you understand, then you go and practice and put it into play. That's how you get results. That's how you build those skills. So I hope this is helpful for you guys. Check out the website, newhuntersguide.com for the show notes. Please send me a message. would love to hear from you how the show has benefited you in, in any various way. Make sure you leave a review on iTunes with a comment. Really would appreciate that. Till next time, God bless you guys and go get them in the woods.